Welcome to Sharpen the Point. Yeah, it's a new podcast, of course, if you haven't had enough of my voice already. Uh, sorry, I've got another one. We are launching this new show, Sharpen the Point. We're figuring this is a big season for Florida State, and so with that in mind, we wanted to do something kind of big picture college football focused, still keeping the lens on Florida State, still looking at that, but something to consider the bigger landscape beyond just the games Florida State's playing. Your host will be myself, if you didn't recognize my voice from the other shows. Brian Pellern, you can catch me on Seminole Rap and Seminole Softball Rap as well. And a longtime friend of mine, Chris Tyndall. You'll meet him in a little bit. I'll get there in a second. Uh, we've been friends for years, and I, I think you'll really enjoy his knowledge of college football. Um, but I want to give you some background on the show, kind of what to expect first in this initial week zero episode. So this show will come out kind of every Friday. We'll likely record this on Thursday night, so we're closer to the games and have the most updated information we can kind of have going into the game. And I'd say consider this kind of your weekend preview show, right? It's a little bit of college game day-ish, but a podcast form. Kind of gets you in advance of here's what's coming up and what kind of matters for Florida State and what kind of matters in terms of the bigger college football picture. So we'll talk picks against the spread, daily fantasy sports plays, which is something I think Chris knows better than just about anyone I know, or definitely knows better than anyone I know and just about anyone I could think of. And just other big college football things to watch for that weekend. Um, I promise this will be a good podcast if you're interested in in betting type things. If you're not, I think it's still going to be a good podcast college football wise. I think there's plenty enough interesting things there um, to keep you interested and keep you kind of hooked on here to kind of listen and get good information. Um, For those of you who've been reading my article on Tomahawk Nation for a few years, think of this as kind of the extension of that article. Basically how it works, I pick 10 games each week, and as a group, we just put picks in the comments. Whoever gets the most right kind of gets a shout-out in the next week's article, and we'll do it. It's a little fun kind of competition among the group of us. I'm still going to do the article, so if you like the article, you'll get that each week. If you want to play along, go ahead, find this on TomahawkNation.com, get in the comments, get involved. It's fun. It's it's no pressure, no no sweat. Just drop 10 picks and see what happens. It's fun. If you don't know anything about a game, you don't get penalized. Make a guess. Um We'll try to focus on the ones that impact Florida State, impact the ACC, impact the playoff, that kind of picture, especially since Florida State's really competing for those crowns, looking to try and win the ACC, win the college football playoff potentially this year. So again, if you'd like to follow along, that's on TomahawkNation.com. The other side of this being the DFS side, the daily fantasy plays, and we're going to try and uh, explain that as much as we can if you're not really into the DFS, the daily fantasy play while also giving you kind of a matchup insight to as you're watching these games to see kind of where the difference might be made. It'll mostly be Florida State players. We'll talk about Florida State when they're on the slate. We'll talk about them when they have a game that matters that week, and we'll at least bring it up and discuss them to some degree. But also, of course, the other games and teams on the slate worth keeping an eye on if you are building lineups or if you're just watching games, which players might be the ones that stand out, which ones make a difference. I do think it's a spot for people who are playing DFS, obviously, but also you just like college football and you kind of get to know some more of the names, get to know some of the guys, especially in this transfer portal era. Transfer portal era, you never really know where someone will pop up. So learning more names certainly can't hurt. One note, as I always make in the article, I am not and will not pretend to be a gambling expert. I'm a guy with a microphone who just does his own research and watches quite a bit of college football on the weekends. But again, I'm not here to offer gambling advice. It's more of a Let's watch games as a group. Let's understand and learn more about college football through the lens of gambling because they kind of give the best perspective into it. Um, 
I would say the same with you, Chris, as a, as maybe just a guy with a microphone and a keyboard, though I don't want to put words in your mouth. I do think of you, as I mentioned before, as the best DFS player I know. I really don't think there's anyone I could think of, or maybe in the country, more in tune with backup third string D2 running backs than you. So, Chris, I'll clear out. I've talked long enough. Uh, tell us about yourself, man, and and I guess um, what what makes you the right guy for this kind of thing. So, yeah, so like Brian said, uh, I've been very much in tune with DFS. I've been playing since Jameis Winston was a freshman, uh, so that, that'll date me for a little while. <laughs> uh, but uh, I started out with a very small bankroll, uh, just gradually built it up. And at this point, uh, within the last few years, I've been profitable every season. And at this point, I uh, started taking down some larger field tournaments uh, last year, as Brian can attest. I, I did, and I think it was week three, I had the high score on FanDuel in every contest. I took down everything and uh, won all the money on FanDuel that day. And now we're starting to work our way and build our bankroll on DraftKings uh, lately. So now I've put a little more emphasis on that. And, and now really I've started trying to just take down big tournaments and take down the big stuff at this point. Yeah, and if you're not really into college football DFS or, or, or DFS in general, it's that's the abbreviation for the Daily Fantasy Sports. Um, I think, Chris, you, you put it here in the notes, fantasy football on steroids. It's each week you get a salary, you get to set a lineup, pick players, and kind of build out your ideal roster. And um, from there, it's just kind of standard fantasy football. You get points for touchdowns, yards, that sort of thing, right? Right, and, and the big thing here is that – in what would be a good score in the NFL, you know, you're going to have guys. I know I rostered uh, Samaje Pirine when he played for Oklahoma and he went for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So that's not something you're getting in the NFL, but that's something you're going to get on somewhat regular basis in college football. And it's going to might be a guy that you've never heard of. And that's the guy that's going to, you know, break a slate and, and be your advantage. Now the field's gotten a lot smarter over the years um, guys from running backs from Old Dominion used to be king because you'd get them at low ownership in a great matchup. But now I, I've seen a lot of guys even this week start talking about uh, guys from New Mexico State that that never would have gotten a mention years before. Yeah, and again, I um, I am not that into DFS as Chris is. I'll put lineups in, and it's fun, and it's a way to watch the games. But uh, I would not sit here and tell you that I know a thing about New Mexico State. But uh, Chris certainly does. So my background, obviously, Chris is our, our DFS kind of that angle expert, the one who's really reading on matchups, whose rushing attack is strong, whose pass defense maybe is weak, where the, where the issues may come into the fold, which games may be higher scoring. That type of content will come there. Me, uh, former TV news sports producer in Baton Rouge and Tampa, LSU grad, so I've got some SEC LSU biases there. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, three years of Tomahawk Nation covering Florida State. Uh, doing the weekly podcast on Seminole Rap, and then, of course, the Seminole Softball Rap podcast. Shout out, Gwen. Um, Chris, anything on your bio else you want to sell? No, I, I, I've got a master's degree from LSU, uh, graduated <laughs> from there as well. I, they're my second favorite purple and gold team. Number one in my heart uh, is where I got my undergrad degree from James Madison. Uh, we used to be not on the radar for football as much. Uh, now, being in the Sun Belt, we actually get on these slates. I was Got to play them last year, which was very exciting. Well, they uh, the, so I, I I never struck you as a big LSU guy, though. I don't. No, not I really. Okay, the, good. I worked for the athletic department, but no, not as much. Okay, well, yeah. So so I get I get uh, I got crapped on a lot last year when the LSU Florida State game, and I'm sure I'll take more of it next week, depending on how the games go. But uh, we'll get to that game next week. For now, 
the slate for week zero is kind of gross. Um, in the picks article, I'm giving you seven games. Five of them, I don't think there's really all that wonderful of anything to catch your eye with. Um, in terms of just a casual football fan, you've only got two ranked teams playing, neither one playing against uh, ranked teams. But at least something kind of interesting going on. So first things first is going to be Notre Dame. They're hosting, quote-unquote hosting, uh, the first game of the year. They're actually in Ireland against Navy, 21.5-point favorites. Technically, the spread on DraftKings, where we're going to get our lines from. So thank you to DraftKings for that. Uh, their spread is 21 for purposes of the picks here. And on the article, I'm going to throw half points on everything just so we don't have any ties. Uh, Navy plus 21.5 at Notre Dame. Big thing here is new coach at Navy and Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. Anything that interests you in this game at all? I know this one's not technically on the DraftKings slate. Well, FanDuel-wise, I'm I'm kind of looking at Audrey Castime. Uh, the running back slate overall is pretty terrible. He's going to get the bulk of the work out the gate, but Navy's got a stout run defense. They hold it together, 3.3 yards to carry, seven touchdowns last season for the entire season. Uh, but like you said, with Hartman coming in, I don't know that the offense changes a ton because of Tommy Reese moving on. They got a new offensive coordinator. Their wide receivers are all new for the most part with no Michael Mayer being there, and he was eating targets before. But Navy, where they're susceptible, is the deep ball. They, they're good at keeping things like close to the line of scrimmage and kind of stopping it there, but they are susceptible to a to a long bomb. They gave up 255 0.7 yards a game last year with 25 touchdowns got hit over the top real bad they're not as athletic of an off uh, team period and and i wouldn't touch that offense with a 10-foot pole uh, <laughs> at navy they, they're just going to slow it down and try to grind the game out to me do you generally speaking uh, and, and i didn't prep you for this but sam hartman you mentioned throwing the deep ball i think of him at wake and and um, on the opposite podcast, the seminal rap that I've talked about before, we have made fun for the last couple of years. If uh, Wake Forest is just going to mess you to death, oh yeah, um, does that play well in, into what Notre Dame may need to do here? I don't think you're seeing any slow mesh. Uh, he's not. <laughs> that's not coming with him. Uh, their wide receiver core is very sporadic at best. They have one big, like tall wide receiver, nice little six four guy, but nobody that strikes you as an At Perry or a Donovan Green, uh, Wake Forest is more likely to be explosive than Notre Dame. Notre Dame probably is going to stick to their formula and just say, well, now we have better quarterback play. Which makes sense. I think, you, you know, you've got a defensive coach there in, in uh, Marcus Freeman and, you know, a, a team with Navy who in this game in particular is going to, like you said, slow it down, grind it out. Uh, for my picks article here, I did go Navy plus 21 and a half. I figured first game across the ocean maybe sluggish, like you said, new faces in the backfield, tight end receivers. Um, that's where I'm at. Again, that's not a gambling advice. It's just my guess at it. Um, any other thoughts on, on this game? I know it's not in the slate, so it's not a big one. No, I'm pretty you. good. I mean, I, I Hartman was priced up on FanDuel, so that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't really necessarily go there. Uh, he's, he's too close to Caleb Williams for me. Speaking of Caleb Williams, the only other game I think that might be worth your attention, if you can find some way, somehow to – get an eye on the Pac-12 network, which managed to blow up the whole conference. Uh, your reigning Heisman Trophy winner starts his season behind a paywall that no one can seem to get around. Uh, number six, USC hosting San Jose State, a thriller of a game. Again, this slate's terrible, and I apologize. It's the first show, but it gave me more time to explain to you what we're going to do. Uh, it's a 30-and-a-half-point game. 
I don't really have much in the way of thoughts. I just imagine USC is going to be up by 40 at halftime and we all move on. I would love to tell you that. And I would love to tell you who's going to do that. <laughs> I know Caleb Williams is going to play a heavy role in this. But running back, they brought in Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. So now you've got Austin Jones coming back after he replaced Travis successfully. You still got uh, – now you got Lloyd there. Lloyd is going to play a role, so I think they're going to split touches. By the time the game gets out of hand, they're not going to get a ton of work. So that scares me off of Lloyd. Some people like Lloyd, some people like Jones. I have not figured that out yet. That's going to be – you have to wait and see if any news comes out there. Uh, the wide receivers on USC are – throw a dart. I mean, you look at it and Mario Williams, we, we think he would have uh, good chemistry with Caleb Williams considering he played with him at both schools at Oklahoma and USC, but he hasn't put it all together at all. He, he never really was the number one or number two option last year, even with Addison going down. Addison leaves. Now you come bring in Dorian Singer, who was really good at, from a fantasy perspective, at Arizona. And then he's probably stepping into that role. Uh, Taj Washington was really good when Addison was hurt last year. and But he's been hurt in fall camp, missing practices. And Brendan Rice is Jerry Rice's son, in case you didn't know. And the kid went off in the bowl game, which I didn't have any of that. But... <laughs> they're they're very good and they're very talented on offense they're going to put up a ton of points i would like san jose state if justin lockhart was playing but last i heard he was in a cast last week and he's taken over for elijah cooks as their number one wide receiver who had over a thousand yards um their quarterback siobhan cordero was very good at hawaii had transferred over last year plays well but the kid makes a ton of mistakes so i'm somewhat concerned that usc scores on defense a couple times yeah, I uh, you lost me a couple times in there. And for those of you who maybe are having a hard time, and and hey, I don't know these names. First of all, we're talking San Jose State San Jose State receivers. Hopefully next week we've got some bigger teams to talk about and more common names. But uh, I, I think generally your point there is still kind of the same. It, it's it's terrifying that USC is just going to run away with this one and, and they'll pack it up quickly. Right, yeah. I, I think, general speaking, San Jose State, without their number one wide receiver, is a, a massive risk of getting run off the field just from a lack of being able to move the football. We've talked to plenty of people this offseason, too, on, on those other podcasts that I mentioned, but Caleb Williams, I, I hear it a few times here and there from our commenters on other articles. Um, they obviously love Jordan Travis as their guy, but maybe a question here or there, like, how good really is Caleb Williams? And is it a, a Jordan Addison thing? Was it a flash in the pan at Oklahoma? I mean, he's reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Um, do you think there's any possibility of him really struggling this year? He seems to be locked in as a number one overall pick. I think Lincoln Riley's too good for that. Uh, I would say that there's a much better possibility of Drake May going the Sam Howell route, where he's oh. projected to be the number two pick in the draft. Sam Howell was projected to be the number one pick in the draft. That seems to be lost upon everyone now that he's starting. And they just keep touting that he's a fifth round pick that is starting in the NFL after one year. Uh, he he was projected to go number one overall before that season started and didn't really perform any different than Drake May did last year and somehow dropped five rounds. So I, I could see Drake May more going that route. I think Williams, because of the coach he's attached to, is probably fail-proof. You know, fail 
Okay. I like that idea in general. And I, I do want to, I'm very interested in seeing how this year plays out. As we put a potential bust uh, hag on a Drake May. That's interesting. I do want to circle back and I'll get to your thoughts on Florida State kind of full season wise, what this offense can be. Because as a fantasy player, you've probably got some favorites in your head there. But I, I do want to touch on this slate while we're here. Uh, the rest of the games that night, it's UTEP plus one and a half at Jacksonville State, Ohio plus two and a half at San Diego State, UMass plus six and a half at New Mexico State, Hawaii plus 17 and a half at Vandy, still under construction stadium, FIU plus 11 and a half at Louisiana Tech. Um, just generally, I'll go position by position so it's a little easier to follow. Quarterback, what, what stands out to you beyond Caleb Williams? So FanDuel only for me is Diego Pavia. Uh, he's only $300 more on FanDuel than DraftKings, and DraftKings has a lot lower like salaries. Uh, that's because of the way that the structuring is of the roster positions and the total amount of salary cap that you have. So Pavia is way too cheap. I've got him as a massive value. I feel like I'm going to build every lineup with Pavia, and it's probably going to have Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to be chalk. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, chalk is somebody that's very popular. Uh, they're going to be played by everybody. And sometimes, usually you want to fade chalk. Uh, but in this instance, on a small slate, he's got the highest raw points projection by eight points. So he's got a 34-point projection for me. And the next closest guy is 26. So he's just so much better that it's worth eating it at this point. Uh, but Pavia can move. He can run. He's from New Mexico State, oddly enough. They've got a 26-point <laughs> team total. The rest of the team's terrible. Jerry Kill, who was the coach at Minnesota who had seizures, yeah. he's now the head coach at New Mexico State. They somehow made a bowl game last year. Don't know how. And UMass might be the worst team in college football. Um, they're trying. They actually have a Clemson uh quarterback uh Taysen, I, i'm not even going to try to save from the <laughs> ph guy he was a five-star um who went <laughs> then transferred to georgia tech he hadn't played anywhere and he somehow ended up at umass and he's starting quarterback but new mexico state pavia is the offense they played umass last year pavia played half the game and scored 21 points so we're looking for value and that's that's our salary saver for me and that's a FanDuel specific. Anything on DK? And, yeah, yeah. I want to use him on FanDuel. On DK, I'm I'm liking uh Bachmeyer, uh, who he if you're a Florida State fan, you you saw him play for Boise State. You saw the only game, good game he's ever had. I don't know how <laughs> it was his first start and he lit he he threw the ball well. He I've never seen him play good since for the most part. He's had games here and there, parts here and there. But now he goes to Louisiana Tech, and he's playing against FIU defense that magically gives up points uh, like they're free money. And they gave up 252 yards in the air last uh, last year with 24 touchdowns. Louisiana Tech averaged 272 a game through the air. So they're going to light up the field with with passing the ball. They actually have two out of their three running backs are hurt right now. So they're limited in the backfield and they got good weapons on the outside, which leads me to think a Sonny Cumbie led offense, which he's comes from the air raid is going to be throwing the ball with Bachmeyer and Bachmeyer is cheap on DraftKings. 
Uh, if you'd like to forget the name Bachmeyer, his stats from that 2019 right. game is uh, 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 so, reads like a riddle: 30 for 51, 407 yards, and somehow one touchdown. It it, read, it, it doesn't seem possible, but uh, if you'd rather forget that, we can just we can push forward to your other name. Yeah, the important note, 300-yard bonus on DraftKings. So yard bonuses on there, which do come into play, <laughs> versus FanDuel doesn't have those. Uh, the other guy that I like at quarterback that I'm interested in is 5500 It's $300 less than Bachmeyer. It's Curtis Rourke. He was a all-MAC performer. He was going to lead that Ohio team to a MAC championship last year, and he tore his ACL November 15th. Now, that's the other part of why I do not want to play Curtis Rourke is he tore his ACL November 15th and I don't know how healthy he is now he's not a runner runner runners are king because sacks actually hurt you in DFS so you take a sack you're getting negative 15 yards if you go 15 yards back so quarterbacks can get eaten into pretty bad by sack yardage yeah but he could he could play and he can run and he's good at throwing the ball they averaged 258 yards a game last year and that was with some of the games being with a running quarterback after him. So if you're looking at uh running back, and I know this is one of the guys you've been talking to me about for God, I don't know. I feel like two, three weeks since we came up with this idea for this show. Uh you've been messaging me about some Vandy running back for weeks. So what's the deal there? And who else do you like at running backs? So Cedric Alexander's thirty seven hundred on DK. He's the third string running back based on the depth chart. They're going to split, and they're going to split three ways. He went for 60 yards and a touchdown, this game being a blowout. I think you could see him get some run either early in the game or late in the game splitting uh, right there. Uh, Another guy I look at is Shamari Lawrence uh, from FIU. He's a transfer from South Dakota. Their starting running back blew his knee out in practice, so he's the, the last guy left for them. I find him rather interesting. Uh, and then I I, I kind of want to touch on Tylen Hines. He's the running back from Hawaii. He's a jitterbug. He's a little kid. But being that DK is a PPR site, he might be a pivot if you had to get off of, if you didn't want as much exposure to Cedric Alexander. Okay. And then receiver, before we jump into your overall Florida State thoughts. So... Tyron Smith uh, is a FanDuel-only guy. He is going to snatch souls at UTEP again. He tried to go to Texas A&M, tried to leave, and they wouldn't take him, so he had to go back to UTEP. He's he's nutty good. Uh, he'll be very good. Will Shepard at Vanderbilt is a insane value on DK. He's way too cheap. He averaged like 19 points a game. Uh, in non-conference play last year, put up two touchdowns against um, Hawaii last year as well. And he's not very good in conference, so play him right now while you can, but he's way too cheap right now. Uh, Both Louisiana Tech wide receivers, Smoke Harris, Cyrus Allen, Cyrus Allen, more big play. Smoke Harris is more possession receiver. He looks good. And uh, little I'm starting to come on to Chris Mitchell at FIU. He's more of a big play threat, but I think that that uh, FIU Louisiana Tech game is going to be more wide open than I thought. Yeah, I could see that. It, it certainly feels like I, Louisiana Tech is always in some kind of high scoring, chaotic game. Um, lots of interesting stuff there. Again, 
We'll probably have more bigger names that you'll recognize going forward when we have real slates. This is a pretty gross one. So I'll take a couple extra minutes here to just kind of talk overall Florida State. I think we'll talk Florida State LSU plenty next week heading into that game. It's, I I assume, a, a smaller slate, if not a standalone Sunday slate there. Yeah, it should be. I think it's – I have it projected as a three-game uh, slate on that Sunday. With Northwestern, that, Rutgers, yeah. and Oregon State, San Jose State again? Yeah, which means okay. we'll, we'll end up playing a lot of that LSU-Florida State game. Um, so we'll, we'll talk plenty about that game specific next week, but I do just generally in terms of Florida State's offense, they've obviously got Jordan Travis, who you know pretty well from years past in his role here. The Trey Benson, who you have obviously saw a ton of last year. Johnny Wilson, who was a huge big play threat, and they add Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, anything that stands out to you kind of overall in terms of the way this Florida State offense is put together? I'm just hoping I can figure out their wide receivers this year. Uh, (laughs) I have lost more money trying to pick a wide receiver last year than probably anybody. Um, I kept wanting to get one. I kept trying to pull out the information out of you, and I just couldn't get the (laughs) right guy in any given week. Every time I'd pick Johnny Wilson and – here comes Aubrey Michael a. Pittman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go back to that guy. Nope. Nope. Back to Johnny Wilson. So I, I just struggled at that. Um, sometimes you just say I'm avoiding it, but I think maybe this year we we get more of a true number one as a situation. I played a lot of Toa Feely last year. I was going to say, I remember a couple of times here and there, I I hit you with a, hey, I like this Toa Feely this week. <laughs> yeah. And every time he just scored a touchdown out of nowhere and you loved it. Um, but and now I'm very happy that Benson's the the sole guy kind of back there, and I feel pretty confident in him. Uh, Travis, I really, from a DFS perspective, I just need to see if he's going to run the ball. Uh, he did that some, and if you can get him running the ball, he's extremely valuable. If he's just kind of going to sit back and protect himself, which better for the season, better for their college football playoff chances, is him protecting himself. But I really want to see him run for 80 yards and throw for 280. Like, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. If he can get me 100 yards rushing and 300 passing, I get the double bonus. I'm really excited. I think one interesting thing with him is we know he has the ability to run for the, the 80. It can happen on one play. It's just um, how do you weigh the risk of a guy who you know can, but last year seemed to kind of choose not to? Yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't... Yeah ask him to if I'm a fan of the team at all uh I selfishly want him because I just need him to score points today I don't I'm not worried about next (laughs) week but they're worried about next week and I I get that so you got to factor that in uh I meant uh in your lineup building do you weigh do you weigh that you just you just say forget it this might be a week he runs or do you just say like well he's not running so I can't bank it off of what I think he could do so if he's playing Clemson I'll bank on it I think he's that's a big game. I think he needs to run. Uh there it's about management from the team aspect. If he's playing Samford or Jacksonville State other than a couple of years ago, if he's playing Samford <laughs> or somebody like a lower Cover your end, ears, earmuffs, earmuffs. Sorry. If he's playing <laughs> a, a lower end FBS team or a FCS team, I don't think they need him to run, so I don't think he'll run. And the score gets out of hand, they'll probably pull him at halftime. So his overall numbers are going to go down a little bit. But I'd be curious to see if if he gets off to a hot start, do they try to pump him for the Heisman and then his numbers blow? I am interested to see how this year plays out. Like we mentioned, this podcast itself is brought out of the idea of Florida State just having kind of a lot 
of potential this year. The the perspective to have one of the best offenses in college football, the chances of being one of the best teams in the ACC, the one of the best teams in college football, period. Um, and so we're hoping to give you a little more of that bigger picture perspective. Again, apologies. This week zero slate is garbage. Uh, we could have at least used like one, maybe this Florida Utah game. I don't know. Something would have been fine. Um, but for now, it, it kind of just has to be what it is. We'll be back next week and we'll look toward the following weekend slate. There's, I'm not sure there's much better, but there's at least something going on. I mean, like maybe Boise, Washington, or uh, I don't know, does Rice, Texas interest you at all? Of course not. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's not much better. North Carolina, South Carolina. I feel like they really mm. built out a poor week, poor week one. I mean, for a degenerate like myself, uh, that Kent State UCF game speaks to me a little bit with <laughs> Daquan Finn. It's never good when I look at the ESPN game after on on at noon and it's Arkansas State at Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's not ideal. But UMass at Auburn. Um, are there other offenses that interest you this year beyond Florida State? I know I just mentioned them kind of as one of the best in the country, just in terms of like this is an offense that I really like. Oh, I, I mean, the favorites, Where to start? <laughs> the favorites are always going to be, you know, the your Texas Tech. Um, you know, I love Baron and Morton. I have you I, you heard me talk about it last <laughs> year for weeks on end and getting angry at them not starting Baron and Morton. Um, you look at Western Kentucky, Austin Reed. Uh, they they sling the rock. Um, really, I, I, I don't I, I'm interested to see what happens with Clemson. Um, I don't know how Klubnik puts it together for an entire season. Uh, Shipley looks interesting. I actually was listening to something earlier today, and they were talking about how Phil Moffa might unseat Will Shipley. That sounds crazy, but it's possible, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Penn State, Drew Aller, got to see what he's going to do. Uh, there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff. I, I, I've heard the quarterback competition at Ohio State still open. Uh, that seems crazy. So well, I know to look into I know our mutual friend Andre is a big Drew Aller is going to be the white knight uh, kind of guy. So we'll see if how that turns out. Um, until then, man, I, I know next week we'll be back. Like I said, we'll, we'll take a look at the slate. I'll pick out the 10 games. And I mentioned we'll, we're not going to talk all 10 of the games that I make the picks for or ask you to make picks for, the ones that are kind of catching the eye. Give us a chance to kind of figure out what this podcast will look like. We'll kind of work through those pains uh, here in September and, and hopefully we'll really catch fire through the end of the year and, give you something to really dive deeper and really understand through a few weeks of listening, recognizing name, recognizing teams, and really knowing which offenses and which, which situations are the ones that are really set to blow up. So um, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you learned something along the way. And otherwise I'm, I'm going to have a good, I don't know, what is it? 14 weeks hanging out with you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping to be able to pay off my bankroll for the season this week. <laughs> with anything, we'll just keep sharpening the point. <laughs>